Hi, I'm Melinda Hill, and you're listening to Lit with Melinda Hill, a podcast about all things that light me up. Well, it sounds like you're busy. I'd like to see people being congratulated on social media for not marrying the wrong person. I hope that ends up working out for you. (laughs) Greetings and happy Valentine's month. I'm so happy you're here. On this episode, we start things off with texts from my friends, and then I'll share with you the special spreadsheet method that I personally use to gamify the dating apps. I'm happy you're here. Let's get started. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's essentially the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need on one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your pod right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your pod on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hi guys, and happy Valentine's week, month. In honor of Valentine's, I am talking about love stuff this month. And so I thought it might be helpful to speak to texts from my friends. One friend this week texted, I am so over the tragic dating app scene that I can't make myself do it anymore. So I've unwittingly fallen for someone in my circles. But the prob is he is hot and cold, sending me mixed messages, and I'm not sure if that's because he's married. Hmm. Okay. Stop the presses. Did you just say that last little part? He's married? What are we even talking about? You just said he's married? End of story. He's not available. Okay, but, you know, I I don't talk to my friends like that. So, whew, I try to remain neutral. A sounding board, hold a space, let people reason things out on their own. I'm not here to boss someone around or be the judge. I'm going to take off my judge hat. And so, you know, I say this with love and with no judgment, And I certainly can only speak to what has worked for me. So take what you like and leave the rest. But the only thing that helped me, the only thing that helped me and worked for me personally was in order to find a loving, available partner, I had to become a loving, available partner to myself And there is no way for me to be available to myself or anyone else if I am tying up my time, my mind, and my energy, my precious, precious energy with someone who is unavailable. That's just for me. I'm speaking for me. There's no way for me to feel at peace when I am in the Bermuda Triangle, as it's been called, of negative thinking, obsession, and whatever story I'm making this mean that this unavailable person is not showing up for me. All I need to know is this person 
is not showing up regularly, and if I am uncomfortable with that, it is my responsibility to remove my energy and become available for myself and another available human. Whew! It's a deep concept, and I realize not everyone is interested in a relationship, a marriage, monogamy, or any of that stuff, and that's fine. But even if you're not interested and that's not your goal, what is your goal? Get clear on, you know, what your goal is. Write it out. What's your ideal scene for polygamy or you know, your, your sex life for the coming year or what, what is your romantic ideal? Is it a relationship? I would say start there. Get clear on what that looks and feels like so you can call it in intentionally. And when people show up in your orbit, you're not just being reactive and taking anything that comes your way. You're being intentional about it. And when someone appears, you get to say, hey, does this match my vision? You know, I think it starts there. Okay, so here's some other things that helped me. All right. It helped me to take a great suggestion, which if you watched my comedy special, you already know this because I talk about it in my special. But it helped me to take the suggestion to stop dating oozers. Okay, no more losers, no more users, no more boozers, no more confusers or cruisers or snoozers. (laughs) You could keep going. (laughs) You could keep going, really. But no more oozers, right? Stop glossing over the red flags and lean in. When someone tells you who they are, listen. If someone is saying one thing and doing another, that qualifies them, in my opinion, as a confuser. And I don't date confusers, period, anymore. I don't date them anymore. That's my gift I started giving myself. Clarity is another gift I give myself, okay? Whatever happens in vagueness stays in vagueness. So if someone can't provide answers and something feels off, it is 99% probably because it is off. Okay, so trust your gut. This is like what was said to me by police um, when I was mugged at gunpoint. We don't need to get into that whole story. It was a long time ago and I'm fine. The bottom line is I was like, can anything be done? And they were like, yeah, in the future, the number one thing you can do is trust your gut. If something feels off, it is. And run. They literally said run to the other side of the street when you feel that feeling. And I do that now. Like I, I run. And I do that in life too. When I get that gut instinct, something's off. I don't waste any time. I get away because I need to protect my magic. Okay. Because my magic is what I need to do everything I do in my life to be a creator, to be a human, to show up and be the light that I am, to channel the light. I need to have my magic intact. And 
anyone who's an energy vampire is going to suck that magic and that life out of me. I'm not a victim. I get to take responsibility for where I spend my magic. All right? So trust your gut, number one. Trust your intuition. And don't override your intuition, gut instinct, with your need to be validated, to get a hit from being validated and loved, or the illusion of loved, rather, because that's just drugs, right? That need for validation and attention is drugs. If it feels like drugs, it's drugs. If it's like spiking your energy levels, highs and lows, hello, hi, drugs. Okay, so just like I said in my special, inappropriate, check yourself before you wreck yourself and stop getting high on hopium. Stop getting high on hopium. I'll say it again. Fantasy is a drug and it's the opposite of reality. Easier said than done, but I recommend making friends with reality. Make friends with reality. See what reality has to offer, okay? Bottom line, and this is what I told my friend, you're the prize. You're the prize, Queen Diamond. The prize doesn't chase the winner. Let someone win you, win your heart, earn your affections. If they exhibit a limited capacity to show up for you at the outset, the honeymoon period, quote-unquote, that is vital information. I used to go into a fantasy and fill in the blanks with a story, but the bottom line is what you see is what you get pretty much, and you deserve someone. We all deserve someone who is enthusiastic and on board for whatever your relationship or non-relationship goals are. And to me, even if I don't want a committed relationship, I sure as shit don't want a bunch of confusion. That's just me, though. Okay, I'll get off my soapbox there. Personally, I want to talk about the dating apps. This is what I want to talk about, the dating apps in this episode. Because I have a lot of friends who try the apps and they get exasperated, of course, like we all do. But I wanted to share my story in case it offers inspiration or helpful tips or hope. So here's my experience with dating apps. They sucked. I hated them. And then things changed. So I was inspired by a friend whose therapist suggested she go on 50 dates as a way to not be too attached to the first person she meets, which I certainly had an issue with as well. And she made a special spreadsheet about it. So I decided to try her model and make my own spreadsheet. Now, this was not my idea. This is not even a new idea. My, actually, my friend Krista McGinnis wrote a whole book called 5150 about going on 50 dates. And I think there's been like movies made about it and stuff too. But I thought I would try it because it worked for my friend and she met her husband. My intention with this was not to judge anyone. I really just wanted to stay connected with my intuition, which had been previously overridden, as we previously discussed, whenever my pheromones kicked in. The benefits for me of doing a special spreadsheet was, number one, 
Getting details on paper helped me see things more clearly, whereas my cortisol had caused me to gloss over red flags in the past, getting high on hopium, as we mentioned, of creating a fantasy of what I'd love the person to be instead of what they actually were. Like I said, they say what happens in vagueness stays in vagueness. So this method actually gave me clarity that helped me be friends with reality. Number two, it helped me notice my feelings and observations rather than focusing on just wanting to be liked or chosen. So here's how I personally did it. I don't know if this is the quote right way. I don't know if there's a wrong way, but this is what worked for me. I don't even think this is the way my friend did it. I just kind of took her inspiration and, and you know, created my own thing. But I just basically labeled a, a word doc, 50 dates, 2021. And the first column just included basic facts, name, where we met, where they live, job, marital status, do they exist in Google. Now, I'm not suggesting stalking or taking away from the organic experience of meeting someone for the first time, but I did want to know that they were a real person and not a catfish sitch. So hot tip, if you don't already know this, I was excited to learn this. Drag their dating profile photo into Google Images and you can substantiate their existence by seeing where else they appear on the internet. I learned this from an ex-boyfriend of mine who did set design. So he taught me how to use Google Images. Like when he needed to find like a table or something, he would just drop it in there and it'd come up 50 places you can buy it. So you can do the same with dating. You drag the person's profile pic into Google Images and it's going to come up that they sell real estate in, you know, Sequoia or whatever, wherever else they've used this photo. And oftentimes it'll show the dating apps they've been on. Not everyone wants to know that stuff, but I found it helpful just to substantiate their existence. I just want to know that they're a real person. Okay, so next column on the spreadsheet was labeled availability, impressions, and instincts. This would just be like reflections on if we had aligned values, interests, and mostly like how I felt when I was with them because I think that's the most important thing. For instance, you know, if it feels addictive like drugs, it probably is and could be an invitation to take a ride on a toxic roller coaster, which I've certainly had my fun with and I'm just not really going in that direction at this point. So entering into this process, I also was unsure of what exactly constitutes a date, right? I ended up logging some things in my spreadsheet that maybe felt significant, albeit untraditional dates, such as like date number eight, sexually charged trauma bonding on a podcast, and date number three, reconnecting with my deceased ex through a psychic medium and shaman for forgiveness, closure, and peace purposes. Okay, so <laughs> are those dates in a traditional sense? Hmm. I don't know, but I logged them in my spreadsheet because they felt significant. Okay, so these are some actual date notes that I made on my personal spreadsheet to notate uh, little, you know, details so that I could process them better. Because I process things through writing, writing them down, talking to friends, meditating. Here are some actual notes. The dessert denier, hard pass. 
affable enough, but kept his opaque sunglasses on the whole dinner, claiming, quote, their prescription was on his phone three-fourths of the date, claiming, sorry, it's work. And the other fourth of the time talked incessantly about his ex, who he's clearly still obsessed and codependently enmeshed with. To top it all off, when the server asked if I wanted dessert, and I did, by the way, he said no for me and demanded the check. Feeling unseen and hungry. Okay, so that's the dessert denier. I think we actually did go on a second date, believe it or not, Um, but it didn't go much further after that. I mean, I believe in a second chance. Electro No shared that he had electroshock therapy 30 times and it didn't work because he's, quote, treatment resistant, drove me home in a scary ramshackle vehicle with missing windows feeling concerned for his well-being. I hope he makes it, but he did not make it to date two. One man, no. Felt like I was watching a one-man show. Talked about himself the whole time and then guilted me for choosing the wrong restaurant. While his stories were interesting, I was looking for a date, not a performance. Feeling not exactly cherished. The notes on the spreadsheet did not lie like my rationalization could. For instance, the one where I talked only about the food on the date might indicate to me later that I had very little interest in the date himself. Date number 14, amazing food, dessert, presentation. I will definitely be back for the vegan cob coconut curry in all caps, exclamation mark. Getting things out on paper or laptop more accurately helped me to process the information in a way that I could not do by just carrying it around in my head. On date number 23, I met my boyfriend My notes about him were, quote, Yoga Mark Marin. Cute, sweet, does yoga. Looks like Mark Marin. I showed up late and texted him apologizing for being late, suggesting some items that I love at the restaurant if he didn't want to wait on me to order. He had them waiting when I arrived at the table, and when I walked in, he said, I love that you know what you want. My feeling... Feel safe, easy, and fun. He's cute and sweet. Another thing that took the pressure off and made dating fun for me instead of like an annoying job interview or audition was to do what my friend suggested, which was to show up in the same easy, breezy, compassionate energy that I would with friends. Focusing on being kind and courteous. Dr. Pat Allen said, There will never be a man as strong as a woman is inside, and there will never be a woman as sensitive as a man is inside. To her point, I think dating takes strength and sensitivity for everyone involved, as well as patience. And it also doesn't have to be a drag. 
However, one relationship expert cautions to not get so caught up in a spreadsheet that you're stuck in your head and not in your heart. My good friend Tracy McMillan, host of Owns Family or Fiance and Relationship Expert, follow her on Instagram if you're not already, at Tracy McMillan, said, What I like about the spreadsheet method is taking importance off of one single date and one single possible relationship. What I don't like about it is that you're not going to be being vulnerable and putting yourself on the line. It's not that you don't like dating. It's that you feel excruciatingly uncomfortable with being vulnerable and you want a relationship. And there's no way around that. It just gives you the illusion that you're managing that. Instead, embrace the vulnerability and accept being uncomfortable because the main qualification for being in a relationship is that you're going to have to be vulnerable with a qualified, safe person. Okay, while vulnerability is absolutely necessary for real intimacy. Tracy is so right and I've learned so much about being vulnerable from her and from my calls with her and running my situations by her. Ultimately, the spreadsheet was a fun way to make dating feel less daunting and help me get in touch with my feelings where I discovered that when I follow my feel-good I'm always guided to where I need to be. It also helped me kind of organize the data and the details and not get too caught up in like any one date or person, you know, not fall into the Bermuda Triangle of Obsession because I always had like a few more lined up. It just kind of took the pressure off of all of it and off of any one person to have to be everything, right? Anyway, that's how I gamified the dating apps with a spreadsheet method. Again, not my idea. You can Google many ways to to do this and find what works for you. Take what you like and leave the rest. But I found my guy on date 23 and we just got engaged a year later. So. Why don't you DM me on Instagram your thoughts and feelings about this method? Are you using a method that works for you that you want to share? Is there something you'd like to know more about? Do you have questions? I'd love to help. Until next time, trust the process, trust yourself, and remember, you're the prize, Queen Diamond! In reference to my last episode about my self-partnered honeymoon that accidentally manifested my fiance, which by the way, if you haven't heard that, go back and listen now, I would like to offer a packing essentials segment. What to pack when you take yourself on your own glamorous and spectacular self-partnered honeymoon? Mine was in Playa del Carmen, Mexico. Yours can be wherever you want to take yourself to stop waiting on a partner in order to live your best life now. All right, queens. First, number one, you are going to need a selfie stick. 
Okay, I just had a basic one for my journey, but my friend Tara Strong just posted photos from her Bora Bora trip with her man, and she said she used an Insta360 disappearing selfie stick. That is what gets you the really sweet shot of jumping into the ocean or whatever exciting things you want to do on your self-partnered honeymoon and the stick itself disappears in the photo and it looks totally pro. Every solo traveler needs this for sure. Every couple needs one as well. So one person can be like holding it and it doesn't even look, it looks like you have a pro photographer on your vacation with you. That's next level. That's really next level because you want to document it so you can live vicariously through the photos again and relive. Number two, I would recommend as a best travel outfit, the Aviator Nation Five Stripe Collection Cashmere. Okay, I love wearing a sweatsuit or a tracksuit that's so luxurious and soft, but is still chic. So it doesn't look like you've given up on life, obviously. My personal faves are the ocean blue. I also like a black which is great for travel because it does not show dirt. The cashmere has the great zip pant pockets, perfect for easy access to passports, boarding passes, phones, and hand sanitizer. Everything you need to go on your pandemic-proof self-partnered honeymoon. For the best travel luggage, I was personally inspired by the Louis Vuitton Horizon 55 with wheels for a chic duffel carry-on that you don't have to carry, holds a lot of stuff, and has easy access to belongings. I also thought the Gucci carry-on was très chic and very aspirational. There's something called the Gucci Ophelia tote. Look into that. And the Gucci off-the-grid carry-on. I love a self-tanner that does not turn you Trump orange. For me, the best self-tanner that I've found is Chocolate Sun. My friend Courtney turned me on to this. It's an organic glow medium tanning cream for face and body. Clean, non-toxic, sunless tanning, smells delicious. It's moisturizing. It blends the skin tones and helps you feel comfy in a swimsuit. I spoke with the owner. She completely debriefed me on the whole history and best way to use this stuff. And it just looks great in photos and it smells delicious and also like makes your skin so soft, which is important when you're honeymooning with yourself. You want to look and smell and feel yummy. For a tinted moisturizer, I love it your skin but better cc plus color correcting full coverage cream and anti-aging hydrating serum serum plus broad spectrum spf 50 uva uvb physical sunscreen okay this is a tinted moisturizer that is so delicious yummy um so you don't have to deal with makeup on your trip who wants to be sitting there putting on makeup i don't That's time I could be taking photos of myself with my invisible selfie stick. I love it because you can float through the airports but have protection on your skin from the sun's damaging rays. Now, if you're marrying yourself, if you're doing any kind of vow renewal on your self-partnered honeymoon, I would recommend getting a fun dress. 
you know, just go through the motions of getting your wedding stuff together for yourself. It's so fun. For a best boho chic wedding dress, I chose vintage. There's tons of non-traditional, eco-conscious, green, fabulous, frilly, vintage, all kinds of stuff. Google it. I personally love vintage gunny sacks. Plenty can be found on eBay, Etsy, Poshmark. For travel shoe, best travel shoe, I love Tom's Alpergata Embroidery Black Faux Fur Shoes with Gold Stars. Perfect for airports, easy to take off and on. And I love a Ray-Ban sunglass in aviator pink. For cosmetics, I love a red glitter MAC Ruby Woo lip glass for those self-dates on boats and tourist attractions for one. You can get my swimsuit look from the photos on my Instagram by looking into a leopard print one-piece swimsuit with plunging neckline. They're all over by several different designers. Um, I hope this helps for your self-partnered honeymoon. I want to see the photos. I want you to DM me and tell me how it went. DM me with any questions. By the way, at the end of um, Valentine's month, which is all about love episodes, so check them all out, I am going to answer listener questions. So if you have anything you would like help with, um, I'm here for you. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Lit with Melinda Hill. Hosted by Melinda Hill. Produced and edited by me, Todd Donald. Executive produced by Melinda Hill and music by the Polarity and Skip Whitman. Thank you for listening.